Welcome to Bored Women, a podcast that explores the world of women and confidence through the lens of board sports. This is about finding time for you and reconnecting with the joy and adventure in your life. I'm the founder, Caroline Keylock, and I'll be speaking to women in their 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond who are pushing the boundaries of what their bodies can achieve. We'll also feature confidence coaches who can help us break down our fears and perimenopause experts to dig into our changing bodies and minds. You don't need to belong to a team. And most importantly, it doesn't matter how good you are. And I love that about the skateboard community because no one gives a shit what you do. My guest today is Marlene Halema, also known as Image Maven. Marlene is a total inspiration as she's still skateboarding big bowls in her 60s. She describes herself as having skated through menopause and even returned to the sport after a recent heart attack. Welcome, Marlene, to the Board Women podcast. It's really lovely to have you here. Great to be here. So I remember a day where I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw this amazing clip of you skating this massive bowl and then I spotted in the caption that you were actually 60 or just coming up on 60. And I was so inspired and just thought, you know, I've just started my skating journey and I really hope that I'm still doing it when I reach my 60th, which is, you know, not not as far away as I would like. But um, <laughs> and I just, you know, at that point, really just wanted you to be a guest and really wanted to talk to you. So very happy to have you with us today. Excited to be here. So we have a question that we ask all guests. So we'll start with that. And that question is, when did you last fall? Well, you know, there's little falls and big falls and I actually forget the little ones and mostly they don't hurt much if you wear pads so you know it's like oh yeah you're on the ground okay get up and just keep going because I tend to go down on my knees and elbows on those pads so it's not usually too bad and sometimes I even wear padded shorts but I have to say that my shoulders are permanently sore to some degree from my many falls Now, about a year ago, I had a really brutal, terrible fall, a couple of them in a row. I was at a new skate park, and I went to drop into the bowl there, and it was pretty gnarly, vert-wise, but only about like one and a half meters high with pool coping. Now, it looked hard to me. Pool coping and vert always kind of throws me a bit, but the other women I was with were doing it, so I thought, well, I'm going to go for it. And I slammed hard on my shoulder, and got up and tried again and, you know, shaking as you are. And uh, when I went in the second time, I slammed even worse. And it it was like one of those slams that just brings tears to your eyes. And it was like, I just fell in. It's like, I just, like, I might as well not even had a skateboard, you know, it's like, why did I just (laughs) jump into this bowl? You know, and I always say, uh, you know, if my house is on fire, I could probably jump out the window, no problem, because I'm so used to like going into things without fear that I could probably jump out of my second story window. But that fall just killed me. Like it ruined my self-confidence. I didn't even try a third time. I'm like, you know what? This bowl beat me. And that doesn't happen very often to me because my superpower, my only trick in skateboarding is dropping in. So, I mean, I can, I can, I can slash coping and little baby things like that, but really I'm, I teach people how to drop in. I, you know, that's my thing, dropping in, I am, and I'm only a, basically a bowl skater. 
So falling, yeah, that was that was it. Um, but I've also had bad slams from wheel bite. And if anyone's ever had wheel bite, it's like your it, the, the wheel hits the bottom of your skateboard when you do a hard turn. And mm-hmm. I've had some terrible slams from wheel bite, and they always seem to throw me when I'm carving hard front side in a bowl, and then that shoulder jams right into the concrete or whatever surface you're skating on, and that that's also hard. So so. Many falls, but I don't fall often, and it's not bragging. It's because I'm much more cautious now that I am 60. I'm, I'm much more of a cautious skater, and I don't like to fall. But uh, like most skater women that I know have permanent bruises on one or both hips that are always kind of there. I love the fact that you describe yourself as a cautious skater. Like For anyone listening, you need to go online and check out Image Maven which is Marlene's Instagram account. And she skates hard. She skates big bowls that would terrify the life out of me at the moment. So um, I think it's all about context, isn't it? Like what we're used to, what we're happy with. But, you know, bowls are safe. They're one at a time. I mean, I don't do flippy tricks. I can't even ollie, okay? Like I don't, I tried ollieing. It's like, you know what? It's not for me. It hurt. I thought if I hurt my ankles, like I broke my foot once, but it wasn't skateboarding. But I thought, oh my gosh, like I can't, I can't do this skateboarding. Like I cannot be off my feet. I need to be walking all year round. So I I don't do flippy tricks. I don't do much street skating. I might run off a curb kind of thing. But generally, I feel bowls are safe place. And they kind of joke around where I skate like bowls are for old people. So there you go. That day where (laughs) you had the really big slam twice. How did you feel the rest of that day? Oh, shaky, uh, lost my confidence, mad. I was mad, you know, it's just uh, angry at myself. And why did like, why did that happen? And that doesn't happen to me. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, broken, a little bit broken, definitely. And how did you come back from that? Uh, well, you have to skate someplace where you have a lot of confidence. So someplace that's not as gnarly, someplace you're really comfortable in. And for me, that's my local skate park, I could probably skate it with a blindfold on I've done it so many times <laughs> I mean some people run 5k a day and I skate my skate park and I do my 20 laps and that's my 5k run I mean I burn so many calories in an hour it's incredible and I and I don't do it for weight loss don't get me you know started on that but but like it's just uses so much energy so yeah go to some place that's easy that's my advice if something beats you go to an easy place so I'd love to hear a bit about your journey into skateboarding. I know that you've come into and out of skateboarding many times in your life. So can you give us a bit of a potted history of how you started and why perhaps it took you to later in life to really embrace it and you know fully be into it day to day? Sure. Like I skateboarded as uh, like a teenager, like probably around 14 or so. I started 13, 14 with one of those cheap little plastic skateboards that at the time we bought at a toy store. And my best friend and I, whose name actually happened to be Caroline, and she was uh, actually a British girl. So um, so Caroline and I would skate on our streets and uh, built, you know, wooden skateboard ramps. I built a quarter pipe. Um, and this is before skate parks and I had never even seen a skate park, you know, at that, at that point we put a sheet between us and we would sail down the street when it was windy and we went on bike paths and it, you know, it was transportation and it was fun and that kind of thing. And I 
went to California when I was, uh, I think I was 16, 15 or 16, and went to La Jolla, California, which at the time was a skateboard mecca. It's near San Diego. And I bought a skateboard that cost, and that was about 1978. It was... Uh, 75 US dollars and now that, that's a lot of money for a kid it was a good Smith up, wasn't it an iconic a GNS yes <laughs> fiber flex and uh yeah road rider wheels Bennett trucks and I still have that skateboard oh wow so, yeah so uh yeah and then I I kept at it until about age 16 17 Caroline and I went to different high schools so we kind of you know, we had new friends. And of course, as you do when you're a teenager, you get into other things and start drinking and stuff and, you know, hanging out with different people who aren't necessarily skateboarders. So uh, yeah, it kind of, uh, you know, I put it away. I kind of missed it, though, because it was something that I actually did alone. Mostly, I didn't only just do it with her. I would practice 360s on the sidewalk right in front of my house every day. Like I would just like spin around. And that was like an old school trick, right? How many times can you spin? <laughs> so anyway, I kind of gave that up and I, I picked it up a few times over the years. Uh, but when I, when I was 50, my 12-year-old neighbor, she got a longboard and she needed help to ride it. And I thought, oh, geez, I could probably teach her how to ride a skateboard. So I grabbed that old uh, GNS skateboard and was surprised at how good it felt. It felt like I had actually never been off of it. It felt comfortable and natural and I could still kick turn and I could still do some 360s. I'm like, wow, but it was really short compared to her longboard. And in fact, it's quite a lot shorter than my current like popsicle shaped boards. So I, uh, soon after I bought a longboard as well, and we started longboarding around the streets after supper. And it was really good to do, you know, after supper, after a big meal, just like, like longboard. And I mean, this kid was like, yeah, we're going to do this forever. And you know how (laughs) kids are. Of course, now she's like probably 22 years old and she's in university or probably graduated by now. So anyway, she moved away, sadly, but we did that for a couple of years and, um, when I was 52, a friend of mine gave me this newspaper clipping that she had found in a, one of those little local neighborhood newspapers. And it was an article about Erica Jacobs, who was starting a girls skate club. And she said, you might like this. And I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to check this out. So I took my neighbor kid. We went down to the biggest skate park park in Canada at the time, which is called Millennium Park in Calgary. And it was our only skate park at the time. Which And it's huge, by the way, even by California standards, it's pretty big. And uh, it was like snowing, it was cold, and there was eight women there, women and girls. And uh, Leanne, my neighbor kid, she was the youngest, and most of them were like teenagers and uh, young adults. And there was me, this old lady, even then. But you know what? It was like age didn't matter. It was just like... I think I found my tribe. Like it was the most exciting. I was so elated. I went home and I was just buzzing. I was just like, I found it. I found my my thing, you know, like and my group because I'm quite introverted. But uh, in skate parks, I tend to be very extroverted. It's like this switch goes off in me and it's like I'm with my people. I'm in my comfort zone completely, even as an older skater. I just felt immediately like this is my place and these are my people. So now... I was a founding member, and now I'm actually on the board of the skate club, although I'm going to be retiring from the board this year. 
And I still will skateboard with them, but it's time for the younger generation to kind of take over. It's been eight years of skate club and uh, we've grown the club. We've become officially not-for-profit and stuff like that. I, I was going to say, just I'm sitting here really smiling because I can just imagine <laughs> that feeling of the yeah. first time that you went and just feeling, yeah, this is it. This is my tribe, as you said. And that's just so engaging. And I think what so many women are looking for, actually, at a certain time in their life, they just want to find their tribe. So mm-hmm. the skate organization is called the 100% Club. Is that right? 100% Skate Club. Yes. We want to make space for women and girls in the skate park. So Calgary, around that time, they they had a plan to build 10 skate parks in the city. So uh, when we started, there was just the one, and then there was some wooden temporary summer skate parks that went up. And um, the goal, Erica just wanted to skateboard with other women. She was tired of skateboarding with all guys. And that's why she started the club, to meet more women who skateboarded. And it evolved into sort of us creating community and creating space for women to feel welcome at skate parks so that when they did go out to skate parks by themselves or with maybe just one other friend or whatever, that they would be able to feel comfortable in that space, which was mostly obviously male-dominated. You know, even now I go out and I'm often the only woman there and I'm cool with it. Like, you know... The thing about skateboarding is that everyone is friendly. Everyone uh, wants your, you know, is happy for you when you do a trick, when you do something for the first time. People that, like, I was so shocked that guys were clapping, you know, when when you clap with a skateboard, you know, you bang it on the ground. I mean, I'm very comfortable around men anyway, because I grew up with only brothers and I have nephews and like I have very few females growing up except, you know, the best friend. And so... I wasn't scared of guys or men anyway, so for me it was a natural fit. But that's not the case for most people, or for most women, I would say. And so our goal is to create space and community so that women feel empowered enough and comfortable enough just to show up at a skate park and do whatever they want. The thing about skateboarding is that like no one has ever come up to me and say, so what do you do, like they do at a party. And I mean, I always get uncomfortable with that question when people say, what do you do? Because I don't like to be judged by what I do. I like to be judged by who I am. So I'm trying to come up with a 30-second elevator pitch for myself. <laughs> like, you know, oh, what do I do? I run a girl skate club. You know, that's my five-second pitch. You know, uh, and that that's interesting. Like, tell me something interesting about yourself. Don't don't ask me what I do. And I love that about the skateboard community because no one gives a shit what you do. They just care about how you skateboard, and and how you are in the community. You know, do you give back? Do you pick up the garbage? Do you shovel the snow? That's what they care about. I love the fact that you're concerned at all about your elevator pitch because I think the variety of things that you do you know, across being a caregiver for adults with special needs, across photography and being a YouTuber and many other things is fascinating, even above and beyond the skate park. But the skate park is just the the icing on the cake. I feel it defines me more. I feel it's something that is cool. Like a lot of, you know, a lot of professions are, oh yeah, I'm an engineer, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a whatever. Like I wanted to be a little bit different. You know, something to talk about at a party instead of, oh, yeah, and what? how was your week at work? Like, blah, like, who wants that? <laughs> so, um, And what are the reactions when people find out that as an 
you know, a woman in midlife and beyond, that you have been heavily into skateboarding. Is it always positive? Women are very interested, very interested. They're intrigued. They think I'm cool, you know? So, and it's the first time in my life I've been cool is when I became an adult skateboarder. So, you know, that, you know, and that's kind of cool. <laughs> Why do you think older women are suddenly so attracted to this space? Because there most definitely is a trend that's happening of women picking up boards all over the place. Why do you think that's the case? I think it's because it's an individual activity, sport, whatever you want to call it. You don't need to belong to a team. And most importantly, it doesn't matter how good you are. And it's very exciting to watch other skaters in a skate park. Like, you know, it's lovely to see anybody skating and doing amazing things. And it inspires us to want to do that. And like, let's face it, I can't do most things, but I'm inspired by even just watching. It's fun to watch. It's fun to be in that environment. More women are being interested in it. I mean, they're seeing it on social media. It's kind of like, oh, wow, that's cool. There's a lot more roller skaters out there as well now, and that's quite popular in Calgary. Um, People's kids are getting into it. So, you know, it's not unattainable when they see people like themselves in skate parks. Maybe they're there with their kids and they see the odd woman or girl and they're like, hey, she can do it. I'm going to do it. And I think when we see ourselves, we can identify it and the sport grows. And honestly, people at skate shops have told me that women and girls have saved their shops and saved skateboarding because they've really raised the popularity to such a degree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's half of the nation who they didn't have before, right? (laughs) And certainly these new customers. Um, I remember you saying when we first spoke, I remember you telling me a story of, I think you were in your 20s or 30s and you got your skateboard out again. And a man said to you, you know, what are you doing? Can you tell me about that and how that made you feel at the time? Yeah, at the time I was living in Toronto and I kind of was having like a, I was going through a rough patch in my life and I was walking one day and I walked by this empty parking lot, which was set to be a new building was going to be built there. But all these people were roller skating on this beautiful piece of pavement. And I thought, geez, you know what? I'm going to grab my skateboard and I'm going to see if I can still ride it. And there was a few skateboarders there as well and rollerbladers and roller skaters on eight wheels. And I was riding around and this dude came up to me and he was not young either. He said, aren't you a bit too old to be skateboarding? And I was just like, you know, I was shocked that, first of all, people in Toronto don't even usually talk to you, let alone <laughs> say something like that. And I was like, you know, it's none of his bloody business what I'm doing and how old I am. I don't know. I just didn't feel it was appropriate or whatever, but he just, he threw me. That's for sure. He really threw me and I kind of didn't ride the skateboard much. And I definitely never went back to that place. Yeah, it just shook me, you know? It does, because I think things like that can really get in our heads and our definition Mm -hmm. of ourselves and our ability to do something. And I think sometimes people's concern about that kind of reaction can be what stops them trying in the first place. I've had a similar experience to that before when I first learned. And I remember I was skating back from taking my kids to school and I was very much at the start. So I was super you know, cautious going along and just feeling it. And even just skating on the pavement, I was fully padded up in a way that I wouldn't be now. And I remember this guy saying to me, I think he must have been in his 50s or 60s. And he said to me, uh, you could go faster walking than that. 
And I was just oh, outraged what a, at the time. What a jerk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I did actually turn around to him and just say, "Would you like to have a go? Like, you know, can you yeah. get, get on board, mate? Like, if you if you'd like to do better." And he kind of shied away from it a bit. But I was really cross, and I went home that yeah. day. And it did get in my head a little bit of. God, am I stupid doing this in my mid-40s and maybe maybe I'm never going to get any good at it. And then I just thought, actually, sod you. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do yeah. it anyway. But I think it's important that people just recognise that there'll be the odd dissenting voice, but mostly people are behind them and want, want you to do well. And that's lovely. Well, you know, it's interesting. I had my first ever... Uh, confrontation at a skate park was just like last Sunday. So a few days ago, let's say. And there was a guy there and he had a little toddler and he put her in the bowl. Now, no, these people did not have wheels on. No skateboard, no scooter, no bike, no nothing. He put his little toddler in the bowl and I said, dude, take your kid out. She's going to get creamed. Like, there's all these kids. It was a day off school. It's all these kids are here in the skate park. You don't have wheels on. If your kid had a wheel, some wheels, a scooter, we would let you in there. But get out. And he, he came at me, and it was like, whoa. And he really shook me. And I was thinking about this conversation that we were having today and how, like, that actually was the very first time. So I actually had to leave the skate park because I thought he's either going to beat me up or I'm going to lose my shit on him. So, and I didn't want to do that in front of the kids and the other adults that were there. So I went to the parking lot and I bumped into a friend of mine who I had invited to skate with me. And I said, Olivia, there's a guy in there. He's a real jerk. Watch out for him. And anyway, she actually uh, stood up to him and she got him to leave. But like she, it took her a long time. That's really the only time I've ever had a hassle uh, from anybody in a skate park. Now, some kids have made fun of me. Some When I first started, some kids in my neighborhood, they said, hey, I heard you're a grandma. And they were kind of like trying to tease me. But I also know that people tease people that they like. People don't tease people in that way that uh, they're being aggressive towards. Absolutely. So I kind of joked around with those kids. And, you know, I love skateboarding and skate parks because everybody talks to everybody and everybody is friendly. Everybody gets along. Everyone is supportive. It's this weird community of all sorts of people, weird, wonderful, crazy, upset, everything. It's it's so diverse. That's what makes it so interesting to me. A hundred percent. Let's talk a little bit about health and I guess just your perception of risk as you get older. You obviously said before, you know, you're not doing tricks where you're concerned that you might be damaging your ankles and things like that. And when I speak to women my age and older, often the first thing that they're concerned about if they take up something like skateboarding is, but what if I get hurt? And that risk can really limit all of our advancement in the sport because we're in our own heads. And you know, how have you felt about that? Because... I do think I, you know, I watch you and you're doing really quite gutsy skateboarding. And I know you started it when you were a teen, so maybe that helps. But how, how have you thought about that? Yeah, I, I don't take big risks. I take calculated risks. And um, I'm a very safe skateboarder. There's some drop-ins that I will not do anymore. I'm, I'm slowing down a little bit. Like when you get hurt when you're older, the bruises take longer to go away. When I get hurt now, it's the same uh, bruises that 
compound. Like, you know, you get the hip that has scar tissue because you've fallen on it 50 times. And your shoulders, my shoulders are in constant pain. So I don't want to take a risk and fall if it's going to cost me money, like going to physiotherapy, because, you know, it's easily a thousand dollars every time you slam your shoulder, if you're not careful. And shoulders take a long time to heal. So I don't do things that would cause me to, you know, hurt my shoulders. I don't skate when it's wet. I don't skate when it's, you know, a little bit slippery or there's rocks. I'm honestly, I go in the bowls with a broom and I check it every square inch of that bowl because a small pebble can take you out. And uh, yeah, I just don't want to get hurt anymore. So I do my safe little laps in the bowl. And I, I see it as more of a fitness thing than forcing myself to learn tricks. Um, but I don't want to have a fear. Like I can understand people having fear and I understand fear. I have fear sometimes too. And I, I don't want to skate with fear because you become stiff, your body is stiff, and you do not flow. Like skateboarding is about flow and relaxing and getting in a rhythm and pumping. And that's how I get my fitness and stay safe is I just don't want to be nervous so that I don't fall. Because if you are nervous, you, you will fall, probably. Tell me, like, imagine if you close your eyes and you're on a skateboard and it's all going well, how does it make you feel? Ah, it makes me feel happy and free. Skateboarding is is the thing that brings me the most joy. No matter who I'm with, uh, even cruising down a bike path and uh, just, you know, swerving side to side, carving. I mean, my eyes are closed now and I'm just imagining what I'm doing. And I love just that feeling of, yeah, the flow. It's like it's so emotional when I'm skateboarding. And it, and sometimes my partner says, you know, you're kind of cranky, you better go skateboarding. Like it's that kind of thing that it can turn me, uh, you know, turn a bad day into a great day. Totally makes sense. Can you imagine a point where you will have to give it up? Uh, well, I, yeah, no, not concretely, but I know that there's people much older than me who are still skateboarding. And I think if, Even if I'm pushing on a bike path, you know, I don't have to drop in when I'm 80 years old. But if I can push on a bike path and and just keep carving and feeling that flow and that movement and just riding and just, you know, staying on the board and just carving back and forth, I would love to do that for a long time, as long as I can stand up. I know earlier this year you had a little bit of a health scare with your heart. So what happened and, and how did that make you feel coming back into skating? Yeah, so I, I had a heart attack, uh, an actual heart attack, December 30th. But I didn't know right away that I had a heart attack. My father had just passed away, and they said it was stress-related. And I was in the hospital for about a week, and because it was over the holidays, uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, etc., I didn't get uh, proper testing, all the tests done, until uh, January 4th. Now, my 60th birthday was January 3rd, so I was in the hospital on my 60th birthday, had to cancel my party. It was very sad. And uh, I said to the doctor, can't I just go home and wait for the tests at home? And he says, no, you can't leave because you're going to lose your place in line. <laughs> so, and, and actually, the blood work showed that I did have a heart attack, but it wasn't like a cardiac arrest, massive heart attack that is, you know, uh, that people think of as heart attack. Uh, so I, I had an angiogram 
on uh, the day after my birthday, thinking this is it, I'm probably going to go home after this test. And uh, I woke up sort of from my conscious sedation and uh, the doctor said, uh, congratulations, you have a stent. And I said, what? I said, I went in here thinking I had stress and you tell me that I had a stent. And he said, yeah, your main artery, which they call the widow maker, was blocked 99%. And a couple of my other arteries were blocked 40 and 50%. So there was some stuff going on there. The stent itself wasn't the hard part. It was all the drugs I had to go on after this procedure. But anyway, needless to say, I was shocked. I was so shocked that this happened to me because, like, you know, I'm 120 pounds and I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not an athlete by any sense, but I eat fairly well and I'm, you know, I thought I was in good shape. But, you know, I feel so fortunate that this happened when it did that it was recognized, that my partner called uh, the emergency, uh, that I was taken into the hospital, that the doctor insisted I stay, and that I got all these tests done, and that I came out the other side with the story to tell. Because, uh, yeah, it, it shocked me. It shocked my family. It shocked all my skater friends. Like, And it kind of still shocks me today. Like, that happened to me. I imagine. So, so did, yeah. you, did you have concerns about coming back to skating afterwards? Oh, did it feel like yeah. a natural thing to do? Or? No, I was very worried because uh, like for the first month, you know, you just don't feel yourself. And I wasn't on any medication. So I went on from zero to seven pills a day. And it really made me uh, tired, dizzy. And so I didn't feel even like safe on a skateboard at first. And uh, a friend of mine who's in our skate club, she's uh, she's 48 and she just had two procedures on her hips. Thank you, skateboarding. Actually, and she was an athlete, so she had other issues going on. So she, she had her hips done and I had uh, my procedure. So we kind of uh, started skateboarding together. We both had to kind of ease in to skateboarding, but because the cardiologist said, well, what's your goal? And I said, well, I, I want to skateboard again. And uh, I said, I need to do this by like April. <laughs> so, so I had like three or four months to get back to speed. And I started on the bike paths and I started just carving, you know, just carving and pushing and feeling the flow. And even just doing that was so good for my mental health that it gave me strength and confidence. And that helped more even than the drugs or anything just being able to get back to you know normal my normal I love that skateboarding as recovery the other thing that I think is really pertinent you know for my age for your age and I know for a lot of women is obviously perimenopause and menopause at this stage and I know you say that you almost skated through menopause but how do you feel that affected that period and how it affected your body and your mind during that time I really think I did skate through menopause. I, I didn't have a lot of symptoms. I had some hot flashes. And I must add that I really didn't get through menopause till I was 57, 58. Like I had my period like just a long time. And it never really bothered me. I never had cramps and things like that. Um, I definitely had hot flashes, probably some irritability, which is probably why my partner said, you know, you need to skate it off. <laughs> so, 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 uh, I mean, it's a mood changer. Skateboarding always made me happy. So I think for anyone who is menopausal or perimenopausal, skateboarding 
is an activity. It gets your blood flowing. It gets your mind off of your daily troubles. You know, it, it's a really good therapy or whatever. It, it, you, can, you can skate through menopause, I think. I couldn't agree more. So for the women who are out there who are perhaps listening to this and thinking, that's really inspirational. I feel like, you know, maybe I could give this a go. What would be your parting advice for anyone wanting to get into this space? Definitely find a group. There's lots of groups now. There's a big group in Toronto called Later Skaters Gang, and they could even hook you up with a group in your area. But I definitely say safety first. Start small. Go with somebody who is an experienced skateboarder or a skate instructor. Now, I never took any lessons. I'm not really a lesson person, but I could teach anyone how to do it. Um, Foot placement's very important. Because sadly, I would say people fall within the first two weeks and they fall hard because often women are a little bit overweight at that age if they're late in life. And when you're a bit overweight or a little bottom heavy, you fall hard. And I tell people wear pads, wear uh, padded shorts, knee pads, elbow pads, helmet for sure. But take it slow. Go in a safe environment. Don't go to a skate park first. Go to a flat path a bike path or a smooth parking lot and uh, join or start a club you know skateboarding is quite trendy and uh, everyone's you know got the clothes and the shoes and everything and the women they just want a place where they can just you know be themselves and all of themselves so that was my chat with marlene I really connected with her focus on staying active as a woman in her 60s, creating a safe space for anyone to be part of the scene. I'm really excited about our next guest I've got lined up for you in a couple of weeks, who will bring something different to bored women. It's Stephanie Sword-Williams, founder of Fuck Being Humble, a business that focuses on confidence. We have a big vision for bored women and we want you to be part of it. So check out our upcoming events and how you can get involved at Board Women on Instagram and boardwomen.co.